Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man and activist who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Hi, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, Ira's actually been a listener of the show, so this is really exciting. So uh, not only have we had people, listeners asking us, like, please put a man stripper on the show. And I say, I would love to have one. I don't know any. There's not that many in this city. There well, correct is, me. There's not. It, it, I don't. How many how many man's how many male strip clubs? I feel weird saying even male strip clubs because it's kind of a there's, misnomer. There's, as far as I know, there there's two. There's Silverado and Stag. Yeah. Okay. So Portland. And how many are there featuring cis women dancers? Would you say in the city? Oh, I feel like everyone is a dancer. <laughs> there's forty five clubs. Yeah. For women strippers. There's so forty five. About forty five. Well, it's funny because some of my friends were counting recently and they counted like sixty something. Oh God, yeah. See, there's always some coming and going, but I like to be conservative. Either way, uh, you know me, conservative. So, hey, John. Hey. Hey. So, John, do you have any questions? Because you've never been a stripper. You did webcam. Uh, yeah, I did cam, um, which was interesting for a while. Um, I was checking out Dancing Ira's uh, IG page since uh, you mentioned it, and uh, I saw that it was stag, which is cool because I've been there a couple mm-hmm. times. And um, Yes, yeah. you have. I remember you. Ah! Oh, really? Rem- <laughs> yes, I do. What? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Really? Maybe this will have. This is. Well, gonna I, I hung out there really a lot for a while. How, where do you remember? I'm really me from? good with. I'm really good with faces. Yeah. And he, and he listened to the shows. What was John doing? Oh no, I just remember his face. Okay. Like like, like I remember <laughs> his face being in the club. Okay, he was tipping. And that's good. all I remember. Oh, okay. I'm sure he was yeah. tipping good if he was there. Yeah, you're a good tipper. Okay, well, that's exciting. Uh, so for sure, but as a disclaimer to anyone listening, obviously Ira is one person, so this is limited to his perspective, but still, like, you have experience. You have a year of experience dancing in the city, and you grew up around this area, right? Correct. Okay. So, John, do you have any questions for Ira? I do. Um, yeah, so what what would you say is the your favorite part of working at that club, specifically that one? Have you worked at another one, though? Okay, so Velvet Rope, mm-hmm. Velvet Rope does uh, all gendered strip night, which I've done a few times before, mm-hmm. and so it's not male focused. So, like, if you're a human being, you're allowed to dance there, mm-hmm. and so I've worked that and at the club I work at. Okay, okay. So, what do you like about where you are? What is a positive like experience for you? What are some things you like about? Uh, I actually work? really enjoy my coworkers. Really, like I one of uh, the guys I dance with lives with me, and one of the other guys has probably been the best friend I've ever had in my entire life. Wow! And like it, it's really made me question like relationship and romantic styles. Really, to whether or not him and I are in a relationship or not. Yeah, you said that earlier. You've been in an open relationship for how long? Uh, fourteen and a half. Well, I've been with one partner for fourteen and a half years, mm-hmm. and that partner and I have never been in a monogamous relationship. Okay. So I've been open my entire life. Okay. Yeah, you said you're thirty. So yeah, more more of your dating, 
Wow, damn, that's really impressive. Like, thank, thank you. Yeah, that's not. I mean, and that's not something like. And when I say impressive, it's not like everyone should be doing that. I don't think that's for everyone. Oh no, I hun- I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I, okay. I, I know what you're saying. It's <laughs> but it's like what not a rare one. But it is it is very rare. What a rare find. Yeah. How okay. Uh, so how has your partner, I guess, been supportive or can I can we talk about any of that? Oh yeah, you can talk. We can talk. I I'm a very open person. Okay. See, some of this episode, I kind of want to see what similarities or differences there might be but it's hard for us to know because i've never been you and you've never been me um i think the audiences obviously are different but okay here's a good question what are the audiences like what's do you have a typical audience that goes to a club that features are you guys all cis men or is it all dicks or is it male presenting there uh, uh, there's been shifts? i feel that there's been a shift recently because it used to be all like male presenting but the club has started hosting other events and so like if you're like like a quote-unquote like regular dancer there they'll host like specific nights where you're not allowed to dance because they're trying to target a different audience interesting so it's like they're separating the audiences kind of yeah. by the bodies of the dancers yes, but that i i mean there's pros and cons to that because i those bodies need to be represented and so the people that go there are then going there specifically to see those bodies but i don't believe that they shouldn't be allowed to dance any other night right yeah that's a tough spot to that's interesting i wonder if that's some kind of advertising like gimmick they're trying to do uh so okay so it could be anything so you work environments but with mask presenting people so so what is your crowd like oh it's very varied like there's Anyone and everyone comes in. We get, because there's so few like male strip clubs that we get people from Seattle every weekend or every, yeah, every weekend there's someone from Seattle. Mm -hmm. We get people from San Diego all the time. Like people travel all over just to go to these clubs. Mm -hmm. And so there's, it doesn't matter how they identify because we get bachelorette parties as well. And so there are people we had a bachelorette party come from somewhere in California. <laughs> I feel ago, that way a lot just, of the time. Just to come up here. And somewhere it's, it's in California. the same thing. Like people have driven down from like Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a Seattle party. to our listeners. Seattle's like a two and a half, three hour drive, depending on the traffic. So it's not, you know, a casual, but there's definitely folks I talk to. And even on a weeknight too, yeah. if you're lucky, they're like, oh, we come down here from Seattle because our clubs like suck. Oh, yeah. So which Washington I, has very different drinking laws. Yeah. Yeah. No offense, Seattle or Washington. Like it's not about you. It's about your laws, our laws. Um, so do you have preferred types of clientele? And I'm talking older, younger, um, blue, like blue collared worker type or gender or you know what I mean? I, I would say like specifically for me, my preferred type of clientele is nerd. Because nerd. I, I wore a Pokemon hat here today you and did. i've always been a nerd so i can like see the nerds <laughs> yes you and can. like nerds are usually like shy and so they want you them or like you to approach them and then they're usually more willing to spend money mm-hmm. and so i my preferred clientele is nerd hell and yeah also, and also strippers and that's only because strippers tip mm. and strippers are very appreciative to where i feel that that that's a there's a huge difference i feel between like female clubs and like male clubs like i growing up in this area i've been to strip clubs my entire life and like almost all of my friends are female strippers and so like i can go to their club and they make money consistently make money like yes everyone's gonna have a slow night or the club's gonna have like a slow night Mm -hmm. but they consistently make way more money than Mm -hmm any male stripper does i wanted to ask you about that that's a touchy subject and we talked about this john we talked about we got questions about webcam and i don't know if you listened to the episode yes i did okay i thought i thought about like i've thought about webcamming and then i listened to that episode i'm like (laughs) no maybe not yeah so i was curious about that i'm like how do i ask i thought about this when i was at the grocery store earlier actually i'm like how do i ask ira our next guest today uh if he makes less money than he should you know like do you feel yeah. good about the money, the amount of money you leave with at the end of a shift on average? Well, and that's a really subjective question. Well, I'll remember when I was talking with you about a, we'll cut out the name and the name of the club. But when I was talking with Elle about, uh, there was a guy mm-hmm. named 
who worked there that I was friends with. And um, he let me know that on his average nights, uh, he didn't tell me the averages for others, but on his average nights, he would make, like, if he was lucky, $100. Um, and if he wasn't lucky, less than that. And I was just that, kind of that... surprised by that because it seemed like um, from the female strippers that I knew, $100 would cover some costs, but maybe not enough. Um, yeah, I and... would cry. I would. Cr I wouldn't be a stripper if I consistently made a hundred dollars a night. And I'm not trying to shame anybody, but like I have different expectations. I advertise, and I've been there for ten years. And like a hundred dollars is not. I can't live off that. So, no. which is which is why I have another job. Exactly. Which is why I have a couple other jobs too. And I think most strippers do have other jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's a fucking shame. No, it's uh, my roommate. I have just because like my schedule and my roommate's schedule, like my roommate and I were talking today and he was almost to the point of tears from how little money he's been making the last couple of weeks. Ah, yeah. What I say, I would cry. Like you can't buy a hundred bucks a night for being a stripper is jack shit. Like really yeah. that's tough. Um, yeah, that's like what, like in, oh, they haven't updated their lap dance prices though, I think. I know that you said that you, after listening to the episode, probably didn't want to cam. But one thing that I thought was important in that episode to mention was that if you can find a partner to cam with you, that gets and garners the most views and money um, out of any of the cam shows that are on Chatterbait or any platform that we talked about previously was the notion that like um, male strippers are underpaid. I think it's... It, we have to follow through with that and actually look at who's supposed to be giving the money because it, it kind of makes it sound like to those who aren't educated about this, that the club should be paying them more, which is yeah, how it works. It, no. um, it's really, and I've observed this where there will be far more people Hundreds. than there are at, at Lucky Devil and mm -hmm. no one is sitting down at the rack unless, and I forgot about this last time I went because I hadn't been in a while. So I was like, oh, I'll sit down and uh, I'll, I'll tip, you know, a bit and then get up and go have a drink or something. It's not like at Elle's Club um, where you can kind of just sit down at the rack, you can tip, you can get up and leave basically whenever you want. Right, your club, um, I definitely noticed that people have to work a lot harder for their money um, mm. in terms of, what they're going to do for less money. Um, so oh, immediately true. someone will like climb on my lap if I sit at the rack and I'm like, oh, well, I'd, I forgot that they did that here. <laughs> um, and, uh, and even if I am looking for that, I still generally would prefer if there was more of, a, of an indication beforehand. But I totally understand why that happens because there are so many people standing up in the crowd not tipping and just looking very clearly at the stage while talking with their friends that I've I've been infuriated almost every time I went there. Like I'm just like it, you're not it tipping a anyone. Lot of people. I was going to say it infuriates a lot of uh, everyone like I know obviously it infuriates the dancers but also people that come in like regulars or even like friends whether they're strippers or not will come in and get angry at the rest of the patrons cuz it'll be a hundred plus people in that club Ugh. and then oh, you'll get off any stage given time. and and won't make a single dollar holy shit is there signage around the venue that says please tip the dancers no. they no. there has to be no oh there, there there's needs no to be. signage and oh i'm gonna email them whatsoever. right oh my god i'm and, fucking emailing them <laughs> and these it, are people who clearly have money because a lot of them are like middle-aged men a lot of them have traveled and a lot of them are buying drinks non-stop all night if you oh can God. afford oh, more than like one or two drinks, you can afford to tip. Like there should be signage, but it's more than that. It's when you go to your club, L, um, the mm -hmm. bouncer will tell you when you walk in, if it's your first time and they don't recognize you as a regular, that you you should tip all of the staff, mm -hmm. the the mm -hmm. dancers, mm -hmm. your Just bartender. Just a reminder, the girls are working for tips alone. If you're standing next to the stage or staring, exactly. please put down a couple dollars. I've heard yeah. this before. Yeah. I, I, have, yeah. I have two things to say on this. Please. One, uh, there's like to John's point that the patrons do have money. People come in there wearing thousand plus dollar suits. You know, like one of the customers has probably 50 watches he's collected over the last like 30 years. Like he, th this particular person tips, but this is just going mm -hmm. to the, the fact that their money exists in this club mm -hmm. and people oh, absolutely does. Yeah. Just do not want to part with it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And then Second point. As, as to the 
know, like you said, John's security enforced trying to enforce tipping that like never happens. Mm-hmm. No, because they're afraid of scaring away the people buying all the drinks. So, yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and third. Oh no! I can I could I could just keep going. Oh, keep going then. Keep oh, going. keep going. This is <laughs> they need really a bucket. I love they need a fucking this. bucket was, going around. There was one specific night I remember that I actually got into like a verbal confrontation and a fight over with someone because there, there's also a certain level of touching that's allowed mm-hmm. at the club, but they don't. I mean, it's kind of like to the dancer's discretion, mm-hmm. and so yeah. I have a firm rule like. If I'm at the stage, like I'll let you touch me certain ways, and if I'm giving you a dance, I'll let you touch me certain ways. And that, that's kind of like my rule. And I walked by this person, and he tried to finger my asshole as I walked by to go to our dressing room. And so oh, I've I heard this so him, many times from male. And I was like, I was like, from. no, you're. I'm like, sorry, you know, like you're not not allowed to touch, but like you have you have to pay to touch. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, there's no signs anywhere. Show, show me What's where it says term? I have to pay oh, to touch you. you. you I am someone? emailing them. What's the term or, when you what? Uh, when you like, um, what's the... Oh, 86. 86. Yeah. <laughs> for some well, reason, I've, 59 I've, popped in my <laughs> I've thrown people out of the club before for stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, but it, it's hard because I don't have, I guess you could say the leverage that you do mm-hmm. because there are nights where security doesn't work at my club. Yeah, exactly. There, there, there's, during the week, there's may or may not be security. So if something happens... Right. I am my own security. Right. And that's Gosh, a really crappy position to be in because if you're not having security provided for you and you have to be your own security, then you're probably not going to be able to be as focused on your work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're and then, having to assess more dangers and someone else isn't yeah. doing that for you. Exactly. And along with that too, depending on who's working security depends on how, how like, I guess you could say safe it mm-hmm. is because there's only one security guard there mm-hmm. that I feel 100% safe around. Like, so, like I could go to him with any situation and I know he'd get taken care of any of the other security guards I've gone to before and they have refused to take care of like <laughs> patrons and like it, 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 it's a huge deal. It's so frustrating. Um, later on in the episode, I want to talk more about this and some of these things about how the clubs could reinforce a better environment. Um, Let's take a break right now. When we come back, before we do listener questions, I want to get to know Ira a little bit better. Do you have sex questions? Do you want help learning new techniques, communicating with a partner, opening a relationship, or exploring kink? Sex and intimacy coach Stella Harris can help. Visit her office in Portland or connect via Skype to take your intimate life to the next level. Learn more and schedule at www.stellaharris.net. Or follow her on Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. Rax is the first native app designed by and for sex workers. With unique features like a social feed, club reviews, income tracking, and event calendars, use it to grow your business at the touch of a button. For more information on Rax and more events, in-depth courses, and free content for adult entertainers, visit www.raxtoriches.com. R-A-C-K-S to riches.com. And just for Strange Bedfellows listeners, use discount code SBP at checkout for 10% off any educational products. Portland area service and sex industry workers, Ritual House Wellness is your go-to for energetic self-care, and Reiki is a profound tool for many folks. Reiki is a gentle touch therapy that can be utilized for empowerment and personal growth. Try Reiki as an effective energy healing technique for stress reduction and relaxation that supports the body's own natural healing abilities. In these sessions, we focus on healing mind, body, and spirit. Want to try it? Bree James at Ritual House Wellness is offering 40% off on all services and packages for those in the industry. Visit RitualHouseWellness.com or RitualHouseWellness on Instagram. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows, your favorite sex and self-help and politics podcast. Uh, we yeah. have our guest today, and Elle. Ira, Ira Dancing, Dancing Ira, Dancing underscore Ira on Instagram. On Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, so did you have any, have you done any coming out to friends or family? Or because you have another, quote, regular job, conventional job, do you hide it? 
Oh, no, I don't hide it at all. Hell yeah. Like, there's, well, I don't associate a lot with my family. Mm-hmm. I'm very much the black sheep of my family. My family's on the more conservative side, which which, which is baffling to me how I'm not, but they all are. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. It happens but, a lot with our guests, turns out. But <laughs> ir- ir- irrelevant of that, like... No, it's very you know, relevant. I, I, well, no, no, I, I, I get, I get that it, it is relevant. This show could like, be called because all our I don't guests associate are the with my family. I don't have family. to like talk to them about and it. Gotcha. But like, I am one hundred percent out at yeah. my other job. Gotcha. Like everyone knows, like my boss has come out and seen me before. <gasps> all of my bosses have come out and seen me, or I've taken my bosses out to go to other events at my club. This makes me so happy. We're not going to name it, but you have a very, very like house name brand company that you work for. Very so, much so that makes me very happy. Oh, we we can name it. I'm not no, out about it. No, let's not. Okay. <laughs> um, but you put your stickers. You said you have sex related stickers on your lunchbox. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay, cool. So I, I've developed the reputation there uh-huh. for like people will like low key, like pull me aside. They'll be like, Ira, I'm struggling with this, like sex related or like relationship wise. Like, what what would you recommend? Is there a book? I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> so you're a go-to, you're a source. And okay, so it seems like you've been pretty well received by those people. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. I'm kind of really curious about what the general stigma is for men in America as strippers, because I don't think it's the same. I really don't think it is. Well, I don't think it is either. Yeah. Why not? Or how um, have you because experienced I think it's because men look down on women, but men don't look down on other men. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, and specifically with, like, the male strip clubs here in Portland, they're all... They're, bo- they're all gay clubs. Uh-huh. And so they're not going to look down upon the strippers because of like gen- I mean just gender politics but it's like like you're not they're not going to look down on the strippers because they are also men interested in men at a gay club. Interesting. To where so, at a female club you're like you you have a lot of that like slut shamey whore phobia. Right. People go in just to make fun of you. So I wonder if do you think, and this is a, ooh, this is an ouchy boo-boo spot question, but I wonder if it's, is that part of the reason, never mind the fact, and again, still we're going to get back to this, that the environment, the club needs to reinforce tipping, but do you think that there's more money to be made when the stigma is greater? Oh, yes, 100%. Okay, because I kind of think Because so it, play, it plays into that fantasy almost. Right. It seems like a trade-off. So the stigma is greater, so maybe it's perhaps more lucrative, which is kind of sucky. I don't know. That's a fun one. That's a weird one. Um, can we talk about sexual assault in terms of how often you deal with groping? Oh, yeah. Uh, daily basis. Daily, like shift, shiftly basis? <clears throat> oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, there's, I I mean, yeah. There's probably like slow nights where it doesn't happen, but on a weekend, it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And people trying to do the whole sly, like, I'm gonna just going to like grab your ass as you walk by. Mm-hmm. You know, or but like at the stage, like people, it just blows my mind what people try and get away with. People will try and finger my asshole while on stage mm-hmm. in front like of hundreds of other people. The and most like, common one we hear. And like, I feel, I feel very lucky in that. Like, so the, the way my club like organizes its, its dancers. So like we all have our stage rotation, mm-hmm. but we're not on stage by ourselves Mm -hmm. there. I mean, we are sometimes, but if there's not, if there's more than a certain number of people, we're on, we're partnered Mm -hmm. and my, the guy I've been on stage with, I've been on stage with for like eight months now. Mm -hmm. And so him and I work very well together. Mm. And so I'm very grateful for the fact that I consistently have him Mm -hmm. who's looking out for me. And like, I'm also looking out for him. So like, he'll go do like John said, like, go like, pay someone attention and then like he'll just like make eye contact with me and that lets me know whether or not I need to go talk to that person or stay away from them or whatever and so we're able to work as a team to a take care of ourselves but also make more money Mm -hmm. and because of him like I sell more dances like him and I sell more dances together than either one of us do by ourselves wow that's really interesting well that's cool that you have that 
That's really great. Um, so you feel like it sounds like you have a, a decent community. Oh, no. Yeah. The dan- the dancers are all, for the most part, really great. Okay. Is there any, like, do you see any bullying or hazing play out ever? We just talked to, we call it the baby stripper episode, but we just talked to a young lady. She's been doing this about a year and a half. And she, I feel like, we both feel like it's very common in a lot of our spaces for that just to be inherent, some kind of power struggle. Uh, I don't really see it a whole lot because I feel that it's okay. Thinking about it more, I feel that it's, I don't think it really happens because it's kind of like a sport in like a locker room almost. Cause like we go downstairs and everyone's like changing and getting naked mm-hmm. and like getting ready to get on stage and everything. And so it's that, I feel that men have that like camaraderie in that sense, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And so like, Whenever there's like amateur night, like everyone like introduces people and everyone's like, oh, like stay away from this person. Go talk to these people because those people always give everyone money. Mm -hmm. They just want to get to know everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, this person's going to try and touch you. Talk to them at your like, if you feel like getting touched, Mm -hmm. you know. That's really cool that you all, you guys all look out for each other. I mean, I feel like we have to. Yeah. And it's, I have a philosophy in life of, like you have to take care of everyone and the better I can make everyone else, the better I then look. Mm-hmm. Because if mm-hmm. you make the, it, the saying is, you know, like the, uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you strengthen up your weakest link, then collectively you're better as a whole. I love that. Oh my God. That's so good. All right. I think we're ready for some listener questions. John, can you read the first one? I kind of hate that we got this, but I feel like because you agreed to do this episode, I hate when people are like, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? But that's not quite the question. I'll just let you go ahead and read it, John. Sure. So the question is, has Ira ever gotten any super strange requests and have any of those requests been enjoyable? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Definite yes. I have purple un- I had at one point purple underwear and I was on stage and out of the blue someone walked up to the stage and stuck their finger out and was like in this super sweet cute innocent voice is it okay if I put this googly on the tip of your penis and <gasps> turned the purple headed monster into a one eyed purple headed monster <laughs> and I was like oh my god yes please do and I kept that damn googly on my underwear for months <laughs> until it finally fell off that is like I, I would take it off and like wash my underwear and then put it back on it was so fascinating I loved it that is adorable sounds like mutually enjoyable yeah that was the question. Well, that was an easy question. Any other super strange requests you recall? I mean, I feel strange is very subjective. It totally is. Because like it, it's strange in what can like normal everyday life. Like, I, yeah, I do things that I think other people are strange all the time. And they feel great. No, I a hundred percent agree. Like <laughs> my day to day, like my normal is like everyone else is crazy. <laughs> I took a Tupperware, you know those section Tupperwares where it's two different sections? I put two different types of cereal in each one and I was eating it and um, the person next to me, it fucking blew their mind. And then they tried to shame me for it. They're like, that's, and I'm like, I'm an innovator. Oh, fuck that person. I know. When I, when I was a kid, <laughs> in order to cut down on my sugar cereal intake, mm-hmm. if I wanted Frosted Flakes, my parents would also then buy cornflakes and we had this giant Tupperware container and I'd mix, mix the two. And mm-hmm. so I would still be getting cornflakes, but it'd be like, and like Rice Krispies and That's Fruity a great Pebbles. Idea. Like, uh, che- <laughs> like Honey Nut Cheerios and like regular Cheerios. That's a great idea. It was f- so good. And like, even now as an adult, like I don't eat that much cereal anymore, but whenever I do, I'm like going back to my childhood. That's so fun. Oh, I love that. Until we learn that corn syrup isn't all of it. JK, no, that's actually a good idea. I like that a lot. Um, Okay, so here's a question. How do you think male strip club cultures or the culture could be improved? Ooh, I have a lot of opinions and thoughts on this. Please. I was not, I don't think I was prepared for this question. Well, this relates to earlier. Like I said, is there a stage kitten or a stage puppy or whatever you want to call them? 
Yeah, there's not an hour club either. We have to, we do that ourselves, which is why I'm glad that I have my stage partner that I do is because we're able to do that together. So it happens in your club because I I know what happens in every club where people will put money down and then if you don't pay them attention, they take the money back. Mm -hmm. And so because there's two of us, (laughs) one of us will go like sweep all the money off and then continue like performing, doing things. And then when people put more money down, like, one of the other people like the other person will go get their money Mm -hmm. and so it works our advantage Mm -hmm. i tell new dancers um i actually had a conversation with someone about this recently and like as soon as they put the money on the stage just put it on the floor because number one move that shit Mm -hmm. you know they might put down more a drunk person's gonna forget yeah or a person will walk by and be like oh they're not tipping i'll put something down it's gonna increase or they just won't steal it yeah yeah Swipe that shit to the side. Ellie, you have a you have a really creative way of uh, getting the money off the stage that I've always found what like, is awesome. Uh, when you what like slide it? across the stage and kind of like w- like smack at it, but like in a really like well coordinated way. You know, oh, like thank you. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes me happy. I'll think of you tonight when I'm doing it. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but move that shit. Um, okay, so how could the clubs be improved otherwise? Besides just a stage puppy. Uh, just, I, th- I think, reinforcing certain behaviors and like, not necessarily shaming, but like stopping other behaviors. Mm-hmm. Such as, I mean, is there anybody giving an introduction at the door about the rules? Uh, not to my knowledge. Okay, there should be. That'll help. There's never been at any time that I've visited um, his club that I've been told what the rules are um, Mm -hmm. simply to pay my cover charge and uh, feel free to enter. Mm -hmm. That's a bummer. So like I said, I'm going to email this place. Um, There should be signage in any venue. And this is for anybody who owns a venue. Like people don't know things make it really easy for them to not have to ask. Or if it comes up, something to point to. Because mm-hmm. like what did you say That guy's like show me where it says that Yeah And again yeah there's going to be people where even if it says that They're still going to do it but you're like weeding out <laughs> The idea is to improve. No 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 the, the idea is to I personally feel that every day Every strip club should have a One dollar cover fee Yeah Because if you don't have cash Or you're not willing to pay one dollar To get into the door you You're not going to tip yeah. You're less likely to tip. And so I feel that that would help tremendously. It's no, it's, it's, it's basically like putting a net on it and only letting what you want to filter through the net because it's no different than like dating. You don't, you're not going to date every single person that's out that single. Mm-hmm. You have certain, you're going to like narrow your search, narrow your focus. Mm-hmm. And as a club, it's in your, I feel it's in your best interest to also do that. Mm-hmm. And there's also going to be people who will offend um, and it wasn't their intent, you know, accidental offenders. I didn't know what the rules are. So it's to, you know, not assume that everybody is like an awful predator, but just like people don't know. People see shit yeah. on TV. People get ideas. So I, as a person going in, I want to know what the rules are. Mm-hmm. I don't go to yeah. a food place if I don't know what they have to offer. and what No, I, whenever are. I go to, cause every club is different. So whenever I go visit like, a friend or go to a new club that I haven't been to before, I always ask just like, Hey, quick, low down. What are the rules? Mm-hmm. You know, if I ever get a dance somewhere, like I always ask, I know it's weird. Cause like there's no real good way to ask, like what can I touch without seeming that you're going to touch the person, <laughs> but I just don't want to like offend them. while also it's not that I'm trying to get the most out of it, but it's also like trying to like mm-hmm. be respectful and like still like it all be enjoyable for all parties. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you, when I give dances, I want the person to like at least like touch my body in some fashion because like that that's what I I enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. And so like if the person's just like sitting there with their arms by their side or sitting on their hands, I like want to I want them to touch me. I feel uncomfortable if I'm giving a dance to someone and they're sitting on their hands. Yeah. It feels like a punishment yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've had two people say they prefer it because they, quote, didn't trust themselves. And I was like, okay, then. <laughs> Wait, you don't Oof. trust yourself not to sexually assault someone? Yeah. 
you're you're that drunk and you're that, oh, that i don't even like, think drunk was an uh, issue yeah but that yeah, yeah i was like okay although inebriation yeah. is definitely an issue it sounds like especially yeah. when yeah people do come in with like a lack of knowledge about the rules a lack of knowledge about like how to have discussions about the rules that they don't know about and then you add in alcohol and suddenly people are feeling a little bit less um held back by you know a rational thought process and suddenly mm-hmm. they feel like it's okay and that entitlement kind of bubbles up um mm-hmm. so to the question to wrap this one up how could the everything be improved um well the venue if the venue wants to maximize its profits they need to encourage the good treatment of everyone else like you said earlier what are the weak links right now well the performers would probably tip out the staff more and be happier and perform better and also have a longer like a longevity of working there so a lesser turnover rate if they're making more money so how do you reinforce your performers making more money put some signage up and encourage it in your clients gently even just do you need ones for tipping the dancers yeah. do you need ones for tipping the dancers just ask 15 20 people your dancers will make more money i hope there's strip club owners listening to this episode bitches um <laughs> <laughs> One more. John, can you read the last question before we take our next break? Sure. So we got a question that says, has your performative work made it more challenging to relax when you want to enjoy sex? Separate but related, how do you keep sex interesting? In five minutes, go. Okay, so <laughs> uh, it hasn't changed. I mean, it, it has changed because I feel like I'm more performative now when I'm engaging in sex, but it doesn't hasn't made it more difficult to relax okay like it's in a weird way i'm almost like more out of my head when i'm having sex i don't know sounds like a preference thing uh yeah like i feel like it's weird i feel i I definitely feel like performative and i know that some of my like my stage routine and what i do on stage comes out when i am having sex Mm -hmm. are you okay with that does that work yeah that that feel yeah because i feel like super more more confident and more sexy and I know whoever I'm with is picking up on that. Yeah. Okay, good. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Sometimes I hear, I understand what you mean because there is a performative aspect that can be very enjoyable yeah. with safe partners um, or even, you know, not safe partners. Sometimes that's just performative is the way to go typically with unsafe partners or when you're working. Um, but with a safe partner, performative can still be fun because oh, yeah. it's still a role be very play. Fun. Exactly. So when you have, I think, a healthy attitude about your work, that's when performative can be fun Mm -hmm. instead of when you're performative all the time because you're never allowed to be safe and relaxed around your partner. Yeah. Relaxed. I mean, like you could fart and they wouldn't like be mad at you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Might be awkward, but they won't be mad at you. It's just a bodily function. Oh, my God. There was a letter. I used to read all those advice columns when I was a kid. And there was some guy who wrote into like a there was some guy who wrote into a Dear Abby and he was uh, mad that his wife would fart in her sleep. And Dear Abby was like, you need to chill out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so how do you keep sex interesting with, uh, you said you're open. Yes, I am open. Okay. So I don't know, just exploring new things with different people or like going to fun events. Mm. I, I go to a lot of different events around town. Mm-hmm. So so getting out yeah yeah okay uh so i like all of that um let's take another break if you listen to this show you know how absorbent and sensitive vaginas can be a wellness movement is on the rise we're eating organic our skincare is organic we're even using organic tampons but what about our underwear non-organic underwear can lead to infections and irritation from absorbing harsh chemicals That's why Cherie Intimates are made with organic Supima cotton and certified organic dyes. ShopSheree.com offers products ethically made right here in the U.S. in Brooklyn. With each purchase, Cherie donates feminine hygiene products to women's shelters in the USA. So self-care for you can provide basic care for those in need. Visit ShopSheree, S-H-O-P-C-H-E-R-R-I.com and ShopSheree on Instagram. Customers can use the code BEDFELLOWS to get 20% off at checkout. Hey friends, are you sick of razor burn? 
Have your nethers cleaned up by the pros at Netherlands Wax in Vancouver, Washington, where experienced owner estheticians have performed literally thousands of Brazilian waxes. Netherlands Wax is gender neutral, sex positive, trans and queer welcoming, kink positive, and body positive. We are just over the 205 bridge in Vancouver, Washington. Worth the drive. Find us on Facebook, Yelp, or netherlandswax.com. Are you a stripper, burlesque dancer, or any kind of performer looking for a costume? Catherine Harlow handmakes costumes and specializes in rhinestoned and feathered things. She's a master's candidate in costume studies program in New York City and can craft almost anything you can dream up. So contact Park Avenue Pinup on Instagram or Miss Catherine Harlow at gmail.com. That's Catherine with a K, Harlow with a W. Here you can explain your ideas to her and she can give you a quote. That's Park Avenue Pinup on Instagram or Miss Catherine with a K, Harlow at gmail.com. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. We are speaking with, on Instagram, he is dancing underscore Ira. Uh, Ira's worked in Portland as a man stripper for one year. You said exactly one year. It was like one year this last week, yeah. Ah, happy anniversary. I had my tenure last month. Uh, it goes by so fast. It, it does go by very fast. Doesn't it go by? So you're also our baby stripper part two. Um, the thing that I love about both of the newer strippers that we've had on this show is like the energy and the excitement you have about the job. Never lose that. And then when you oh, do, yeah. it's time to quit. No, I, I 100% <laughs> agree. And I do feel that there's the baby stripper is more specifically geared towards like female strippers. Because For sure. There's people that come in. And only dance for like a like couple of weeks and then not anymore. So like even though I've been there a year, on, only a year, there's like three people that have been there longer than me mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, and that's also might have something to do with the turnover too in that particular. Uh, are there anybody, is there anybody working with you, you work with that's been there doing it say as long as I have like 10 years, eight years? Uh, there's one, there's one person that I can think of and I think he's been dancing for seven or eight years, Okay, but he, he's also like traveled to my knowledge, like all over and danced. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's so unique. Uh, so there is a movie that hits some theaters. Well, it hit theaters in June of this year, 2019. It has an NC-17 rating. It's a documentary called This One's For The Ladies. Uh, this film enters the world of male strippers and the women who love them. The guy who uh, made this film, Gene Graham, director, he's a black man. He talks about having uh, difficulty getting funding for the documentary. Uh, in addition to showing the pure thrill of observing male bodies on a strip club stage, the documentary turns into an exploration of class, community, and sisterhood. Interesting. Why that sisterhood? That is very interesting. So it's about the women who love them. That's boring. I want to know more about the dancer men. So, well, that's disappointing. But do you have a lot of women clients? You said your clients are all over the place, gender-wise. Yeah, the, the clients are all over the place because of like the appeal and the fact that there's not that many male strip clubs. Mm-hmm. But like, when women do come in, How it's are they? really funny. They have... They're, Let's talk about women as like as if they're one entity real yes. quick because that's always a good idea. But <laughs> yeah, in terms of strip club clients, how in are the women? In terms of strip how club are cis women? the cis women come in and they feel entitled mm. and they feel that they get to come in and get away with more because they're a girl mm-hmm. and they, they assume that most of the dancers are straight, mm. which is I don't necessarily think is true. Mm. And like it also gets into like race and gender a few weeks just a quick story a few weeks ago there is a cisgendered woman that was touching one of the dancers and he politely asked her please don't touch me without my consent mm-hmm. and then they kind of got in an argument well then he just walked away and someone then she did the same thing to someone else mm-hmm. and then they this other person in the, uh this woman also had you know a comp like a exchange of words mm-hmm. and she was like, well, defending herself and all this and that. And it was just completely dumb. And she was white. And these two dancers were people of color. Mm-hmm. And so then she walked away and started crying. And then it was like the white woman tears came out. And like but. everyone like 
took her side uh, because they were the quote unquote like you know angry black men and it's like oh that is so not true and fuck. then they'll they use their their power to influence and get what they really want like they're the ones that come in and th- like they want to speak to your no, manager you make no money off of women yeah. uh, off of straight cis women you will yeah. never make any money off of thank you i kind of had a sneaking suspicion and that bums me out so if you're listening next time you go to a strip club tip them extra <laughs> uh john next time you come into town mark my words we have to go i admittedly have never been so i owe you guys some money um (laughs) i do okay but that's not really a surprise the the entitlement good let's do it the entitlement of the women thing i see it the way that they treat me oh no i yeah like i said i've had yeah female dancer friends my whole life and it's like you said, like they come in and like, well, I get to touch you because I have a pussy too. No, bitch. No, you do not. <laughs> and and your coworker, your your partner, your peer said the uh, whoever it was. Was it your partner? Just a different dancer. The person who originally. Well, whoever. You said it was two different dancers. But yeah, the it was, first it was person, two. It was two dancers. The first person who said, please don't touch me without my consent. Mm-hmm. That's everything right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I think I posted on Instagram just like last week. There was a lady who she did something to a couple of dancers, but uh, Phoenix, actually, she was a guest on the show. She had her nipples uh, matches, her nipple matches lit and she was doing something. And the woman reached up and I watched it happen. I don't know what the fuck she was reaching for, but she almost grabbed her breast. And Phoenix said, please don't touch me. And the woman said, I do what I want. <laughs> I was like, "Are you Cartman? Like, excuse me? No, <laughs> whatever. No, it's I like, do what I it's want. Like that, that's that happens all the time. Like, uh, we'll yeah. be performing on stage, and people will, like touch us, and it's like, what? Why? Why? Why do you not see? Like, this is not a good time to touch. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you could get hurt, or I could get hurt. Oof. Because like, because a lot of us, because a lot of us do not just like sexy things, but like we'll do like." People do like handstands or like one-armed push-ups, you know. And so, like, if someone's doing a handstand and you come up and slap their ass, it's gonna throw off their balance. Yeah. And you can, they could fall on their head. Yeah. Just why yeah. the fuck would you do that? Uh. So on hurting people, uh, Newsweek published something in uh, February of 2019. Grandmother sues male strippers after flying pants hit her in the eye. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Uh, a South African woman has filed a lawsuit against a British strip club after allegedly sustaining a severe eye injury when she was hit in the face by a flying pair of pants in the middle of a show. Merle Grenwald, <laughs> 58. I'm sure she's delightful. Uh, I'm victim blaming. Uh, so the grandmother's now suing the Dream Boys male stripper troupe for almost $194,000. Uh, $194,000. Uh, unfortunately for... Grenwald, I think is how you say her name. This proved to be a little too close for comfort. Uh, they were seated so close to the action that their knees were touching the stage. The group enjoyed the moves of four, quote, sexy firemen on stage. The troop whiffed off the troop whipped off their pants and threw them into the crowd. But one pair caught Grenwald in the face. Wow, it required surgery. Whoa. Suffered a severe blunt injury to her left eye, which caused her to require surgery. She lost useful vision in her left eye. Okay, I feel horrible for making fun of this lady now. Uh I feel like this is the McDonald's coffee incident all over again. <laughs> yeah, that lady people, had legit reasons like, oh, to oh, just spilled hot coffee. I know, but then did you see her burns? Yeah, it was third yeah. degree burns. Yeah, so the woman like, who her legs got melted together. Yeah. McDonald's definitely owed her money. If you don't know what we're talking about, Google McDonald's coffee lawsuit. Um, and don't believe everyone who was shaming that woman because that coffee, they actually tested it and there had been multiple reports of McDonald's making their coffee water too hot, like scalding skin burning levels. I think it was, uh, I think it was Adam Ruins Everything mm. did a whole like segment on that specific event. Awesome. You can find that on YouTube. All right. So... Uh, Grenwald has stated that regarding her chances of compensation, she says it's in God's hands now. Uh, was it in God's hands to begin with or was it in the stripper's pants? Uh, <laughs> I feel bad for her. People Depends that, on what the stripper's name was. Uh, it, it does not say, actually. Um, ooh, and then here's one more fun little bit of weird news. This was in Central California. 
Sacramento, uh, suspect shot Central California man over $30,000 in stripper fees. So the victim was 23-year-old. He was an employee of a company. Police say the suspect in a fatal shooting at a Central California motel owed $30,000 to a company that provides stripper services. Uh, The guy trying to collect the bill was shot multiple times by a different man. Okay, that how do you collect 30 grand in stripper fees? Because first of all, it makes me question if it's actually stripping going on or something else. And then secondly, it makes me question who is letting anyone borrow money? <laughs> like how are the strippers getting paid if they actually are strippers? And if they aren't strippers, well then. It was yeah. probably a, so because this is Central California. Oh, it also says a stripper who accompanied uh, the guy who was trying to collect the money uh, was not hurt. So that's cool. What probably I'm going to just take a guess. This sounds like um, one of those like order and then to your house or to your party. So there's a flat rate people are supposed to pay. But in terms of $30,000, maybe it was someone if they worked for the company, maybe it was a loan. Maybe it was a few loans. Either way. That's fucking weird. Or a lot uh, of loans. 30K in stripper feet. Like that's that's a lot. <laughs> uh, so I have strip club as a... Um, something that I want to come up in my news updates on Google. So I see the fucking weirdest news. But what I've noticed is that news uh, journalists, companies, <laughs> companies, journalist outlets will throw strip club in anything because it gets more clicks. So even if it's not relevant, like a shooting in a parking lot adjacent to a strip club on Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like nothing to do with the club. Click bait as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, okay, so find you on dancing underscore Ira. Yeah. I was going to say my Facebook, which is just linked to my Instagram, so it's the same thing, by the way. Sure. Is, what's your uh, Facebook I think name? it's Ira PDX. Ooh, they haven't forced you to change your name yet. No. Ooh. I tried I tried doing dancing when I first, when I because I've never had a Facebook. I've never had social any social media until I started dancing. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, fine, fine I'll, I'll get a Facebook. And then I'm like, I'm not going to use my last name. So I'll just come up with something else and I'll, I'll just put dancing because it's what I use for Instagram. And then Facebook was like, you have to use a real last name. And I'm like, bitch, other people have PDX in their, as their <laughs> last name. You let them, so fine, I'll just use PDX. No, they haven't gotten caught yet. Mm-hmm. Fucking, when was that? When did you make your social media? Uh, I made my Instagram like maybe like October-ish last year. Okay, so post-FOSTA. And Facebook was like, January this year. Okay. So post FOSTA. Okay. Well, welcome to the boring internet post FOSTA. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Find us everybody online, strangebedfellowspdx.com. Thank you, John. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind the scenes, photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, Type www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash strange bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression. <laughs> <laughs>